menace of sobriety. Just a menace, just, just a menace. Hi, and welcome to Menace to Sobriety. And here I am, Elliot Ward, hypnosis expert and addiction specialist, on, of course, Dan O'Reilly, Dapper Laughs podcast. So, Dan, how are you doing? Yeah, again. mate, I We're love it. Again. I love it when you take over. I can just relax, man. Just sit back, chill. Just kick back. And uh, I think it's quite poignant that you're here because what was the first one you've done? How many days was I? The first one, fifty days. Fifty days. Then you come back for a hundred days. days. Then you just, then you kept coming back. Live just, stuff. Can't get rid of me. Yeah, just kind of turned up, and then um, and now like another Christmas, four hundred and something days. It's beautiful, man. You're part of my journey. That's lovely. Christmas edition, Christmas special. Yeah. Merry so, Christmas, uh, mate. Yeah, Merry Christmas. You know, let's pull a cracker before we begin. Well, I already have. She's at home preggers. Oh. oh. <laughs> hey. Oh, fucking one. All right, let's have a little bit. Oh, I'll tell you, I'll do the joke. Go on, then. What is a duck's favourite part of Christmas? Pulling quackers. Oh. <laughs> is that new material for the show? That's going straight in there. The vegans are going to love it. <laughs> So, yeah, man. Yeah, are you What's good? So, listen, I've, I've got some questions for you. I kind of really organised this week. Brilliant, brilliant, oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So, so, this is like your second Christmas sober, right? Second Christmas sober. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, anxiety is already a little bit floating around me. Uh, is it? It's a bit weird because, like, I've done so many fucking podcasts and so many meetings and read so many books, and I'm 400 sank days sober that I thought that it would be a walk in the park, a breeze. But my mind is playing tricks on me. I mean, if you think back to the the, to last Christmas, how how so, how long sober were you last Christmas? That was brand. I was brand new, wasn't yeah. I? I was brand new. Um, but the Christmas before that, I cracked. Right. It was Christmas that that broke my sobriety and caused me a lot of problems. So was it? So yeah, was uh, that pressure from other people, or, or what made that happen mm, that time? I was bored, and I never really believed my sobriety. I was doing it for the missus to keep her happy. Right. I didn't think I had a problem, so uh, there was that, and also, yeah, I was getting the itch, man. I was fucking feeling. Oh, the Christmas music was on. The fucking my friends were all getting pissed and FOMO, and it, the FOMO was creeping in, and uh, I, you know, I wasn't committed to my sobriety, so I was kind of, and I was, I had that, I had the sesh gremlin in me. Yeah. yeah, still lived. He still lived. He's still there, mate. Do you know what? It's funny you should say that, Dan, because I was speaking to a client the other day, and what I was trying to describe to him was there's a devil on one shoulder, an angel on the other, right? Yeah. The sesh gremlin, right? And now, if you've had an addiction, and if you had the propensity to an addiction, whether it be alcohol, whether it be coke, whether whatever it is, right, that devil will always live on your shoulder. Now, if you don't feed him whatever your addictive substance was, he'll get smaller and smaller and smaller, mm. and his voice will get quieter and quieter. But... If you relapse and you feed him again, the voice gets a bit bigger. And then you want to feed him again, the voice yeah. gets a bit bigger. Yeah. So you've got the angel going, no, don't do it. And the devil's yeah. going, yeah, but just have it. Just do it. Just have one drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, because now it's like he makes, it's like he's there and he makes me feel uncomfortable. It's not like he's talking to me. Right. It's like he just makes me feel uncomfortable. You know, like the, the little thoughts are coming into my mind that... You know, I could fucking go wild. Yeah. But obviously I'm not going to. Whereas before it was like the Christmas before it was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just, you know, let's just do it. But I don't know why. I think I'm a bit stressed as well because I had my fight you yes, know, recently. I, I saw. Had, I had that fight. So I trained hard for that. Then it was a bit of a down after that. Do you know, that's funny you should say that, right? Because there was um, research done on the... Apollo astronauts that went to the moon. I think it was the moon. Yeah. It was the moon. And when they came back, 
I think it was five astronauts, but don't quote me on that. They all suffer with depression. Hmm. When they came back, they all had depression. And they were interviewed and they were asked, what do you attribute to this depression that you've had of now coming back from going to the moon? And they said, we spent a year and a half preparing to go to the moon, right? So our focus was getting to the moon, getting fit, because you've got to be fit yeah. to be an astronaut yeah. to deal with all that G-force and shit, hmm. right? And and now we've come back. Oh, I've pulled my headphone out. I don't know what I've done. Yeah, yeah. well, I can still hear you. I can still hear you. But yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it looks like you're doing a line. He's not doing a line. No. <laughs> oh, there yeah. you go. We're back. Oh, I'm back, man. Uh, yeah. I'm back. Yeah, Mike yeah. Arnold. I'll be back. And uh, they came back from, from going to the moon and they were interviewed and they said, you know, we spent all this time getting ready, preparing ourselves, yeah. getting fit, you know, learning, understanding G-force, going through all the training they went through, just like a fight. Yeah. And now we've come back, and once you've been to the moon, what's what, next? What, what else are you going to do? Yeah. And they all suffer with depression. And so I know you're not depressed, but oh, it's, no, that, it's, it's that thought of, I've now done this. I've been I've been goal oriented yeah. to achieving this, and now I've done that. Yeah. What now? Yeah, I mean the adrenaline and the the state of mind that you get in when you do the walk to the ring. It's terrifying, really. It's fucking. It's so intense. It's like you're going to have to fight. It's you know the lights, the camera. There's a week. There was a whole week leading up to it. The fucking press conference, weigh-ins, face-off, and then when it was over, it was over so quick. And when I come home and settled down, there was a massive media surge as well. Like I hadn't been in the press for a long time. Yeah. There was a lot of press that kicked off some positive some negative that always gives me a bit of PTSD I think I got PTSD from before yep. but that all kicked off and then the social media buzz around the posts you know it all heightens and then it quietened down and then the week started and then I, I was like oh fucking hell you know and I definitely it's a come down it's like a come down yeah it is, um, it is. but yeah apart from that mate I'm good you know the missus is preggers she's a bit ill we were talking know. about that she's a bit she's got a bad morning sickness so she looks at me like I fucking I don't know what I've done to her you know She's like, look at you. She's sick. And then she's like, you've done this to me. Are you cooking Christmas lunch? Um, we're going to, uh, we're going up Manchester. Oh, at least you get some food. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've got to catch it first up there. They catch it, bring it in. It's like a goat or something up there. Do you know what I mean? So we have that and a couple of pieces of coal, probably. <laughs> You know, funny enough, when you when you spoke about um, <laughs> She'll kill me when, you, when you spoke about that sort of come down and, and, that, and that coming out of the fight and you know all that surge of social media and stuff, you know, yeah. I was thinking about you the other day because I was listening to. Uh, some research from a professor and they were talking about dopamine because of course that, mm. that's what we're seeking we're dopamine seekers yeah. and interesting they were saying because dopamine is the currency of feel good factor yeah. right? that's how they use it as a currency and, and I had to save this to talk to you about this because I thought you'd like this right and, and dopamine is what you release when you're getting ready for the fight when you're training dopamine is released all the time like if you have chocolate, right, your dopamine levels go up around about 50%. Mm. Now, if you have the packet or Coke, right, it goes up 215%. That's a massive surge in dopamine. So while I'm listening to the research, they then try to put that into context for the everyday person. And they said a surge of 215% of dopamine when you use Coke is the equivalent of having four orgasms. Fuck. I mean, what do you think about that? Jesus Christ. Well, first of all, I'm thinking about the mess with Mike. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, I know it's Christmas. It'd be a fucking white Christmas. I don't think I've ever achieved four. No, well, I have, but not not at the same time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, or on the same day? Nah, not with the same bird. No, uh, <laughs> no, um, that's crazy. Is that what it's like? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like pretty intense. So, so that's that, crazy for your body and your mind. So think about that. The surge of what we're looking for to 
to use, right, at 215% being the equivalent of four orgasms. Who the fuck doesn't want four orgasms? Yeah, I know, but that's mental, isn't it? So you can understand how hard it is for some people to break that addiction if it feels that intense for them. Yeah. And, and I wonder what it is with social media because I definitely get like, yesterday I put a video up that went really viral actually and got like 20,000 likes in a day, which was wow. which is quite good. And um, then today I posted something <laughs> and it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And um, I was like, I hate being that guy where I'm like, oh man, that's, you know, because it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't really something I'd created. It was just something, a little throwaway thing, but I got. A, a, a downer from it because again when you get those likes it's like a dopamine rush it's yeah. the same fix it's the yeah. same thing we're living in that social media age nice. and everything's a fucking any, everything's an addiction isn't it absolutely listen we live in a world of compulsion of, of usage you know mm. listen we have porn at our fingertips we have online gambling at our fingertips you know we have the internet at our fingertips we have social media where we're looking for likes and even if you don't get a like it's like it's like a gamble it's like gambling you're looking mm. to see it's a buzz putting it up there. This time I win, this time I don't win. Yeah. And then you're wondering, what's my strategy? Why didn't I win? Like, you ever put, um, you ever put a post up, right, and it gets like 2,000 views? Well, you probably haven't, right? But I've put a post up that gets mm. 2,000 2, likes. And you're thinking... Should I put it up a different time? Should I have done yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, you either do, yeah. Your mind goes wild, yeah. You're questioning yourself. Yeah, I don't like it, man, because for me, especially being a... Well, you're a creative as well. You, you're you creative in the true sense of the word. You know, you think of things, you create them, and you post them out there. And to me, that's what it should be about. It should be about, one, something that connects with people, and two, um, the creative process, at, you know, releasing something from yourself to give to other people. It shouldn't be about the currency of what you get back for it. That's true. That's yeah, poetic. It's yeah, it's quite hard. Poetic. So what are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, what are we doing this one? Let's have a look, right? So so I've got a whole shitload of paperwork here, right? Let's brilliant, have a look. brilliant, uh, brilliant. Okay, so this, this is Christmas, right? Christmas edition. Happy Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, right? Like so listen, I put here Christmas is a time of excess, right? Yeah. It really is excess, excessive spending. We all spend too much yeah. on, on family, friends, people, excessive eating, excessive partying. And for the majority of people, excessive drinking or excessive usage of the packet. Yeah. You know, um, do you think that that period of Christmas through to New Year traditionally is... Uh, acceptable to drink, man. I, well, to put it into context, and I, I pre I'm pretty sure that my friendship group is a, is a very uh, clear. Um, identical landscape of what it's like out there for our generation how me and my friends behave I think it's pretty similar and a lot of people will relate to this but on the lead up to Christmas it kind of it's almost like right we are allowed to get mashed up yeah. every day if we want because it's Christmas and I honestly that's why I get the anxiety because because I mean you know, I've got a couple of my friends now. I can see in the group that they're, they're talking about it and stuff like that. They love Christmas season. Finish work every early every day, drinking every day. It's an excuse. You know, once you see the lights, the the the, the decorations, the music. So yeah, I think culturally, it's a chance for everyone to drink and and use packet. But what I think is even more worrying 
is the addicts get hidden then you, you can hide your addiction oh that's a very valid point yeah absolutely because you just you, you camouflage you're you amongst with the crowd it. you're of amongst you are. it yeah. that's a very good point yeah, yeah I like that you know I just, I've got some statistics right Go on. Uh, from the UK drinks business now this was 2018 because I couldn't find any statistics any newer mm. but it says over the 12 days of Christmas the average Briton will go through 18 pints of beer three bottles of wine, one bottle of spirits, four glasses of fortified wine, the equivalent of 137 units of alcohol in less than two weeks. Mm. I mean, that's fucking crazy. That doesn't even seem like big numbers to me. You don't think so? No, I I, I thought it would be more, because, you know, if we, had, if we used to have a session over at our house around Christmas, <sighs> go, oh, yeah, I'll go through that in a night. You know, but that is crazy, though. Really, if you think about it, the average, that is the average. That's the average, right? So there's yeah. going to be people who use a lot more excessively, yeah. people who use a lot less. If you take the average of the whole mm. of the UK mm. of people who drink, yeah, me, me and my pal Matt, Matty, um, the bad man, we uh, we used to we for years and years and years we've been doing a thing where on Christmas Day we'd send each other a picture of our first drink, and then we'd do that all day long. Wow. And uh, we used Do you have a big enough camera roll? <laughs> we used to start. He's mad because we used to start at like seven o'clock with the Bucks Fizz. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it would be the whiskeys at like twelve o'clock. But what's we, that yellow stuff? Yeah, that's it. Avocado. Oh, yeah. Thank John. you, John. How are you, John? Yeah, yeah I'm doing Christmas, good, John. I'm enjoying this. Enjoying this a lot. It's uh, I'm learning. It's good. I'm just uh, you know I'm hanging out in the back. But yeah, this is great, Carrie. Yeah, on. you're like a little peeping tom out the back. I love oh, yeah. that. You just I got no trousers on. Just having a good time. Watch what, us talking about sobriety while touching yourself. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. and that, listening to the four orgasms. Orgasms a myth. So listen, I've got some other statistics. Statistics, right? Because I thought statistics are interesting. Yeah. The pressure to drink over the festive season. 33% of people who go to work parties felt pressure that they should drink over the Christmas season. Yeah. I mean, that's quite fucking powerful to, to think that you feel pressured to drink. Oh, mate. Well, put it this way. How, how, how do you navigate not drinking at Christmas? People, you know... It, I hated the idea of coming. I don't want to go out, man. That's the truth of it. I don't want to. I want to see my friends, but I don't really want to go out because I don't want to have the same old fucking conversations. No, oh. I don't drink, and why? Well, because I fucked up a load of stuff, and you know, da da da. You know. You can't, especially if you're at work, right? Say, for instance, I, c I can completely understand from a work person's perspective. Say, for instance, no one at your work knows about your personal life, right? Yep. And then you go into an environment where everyone's drinking and you don't drink because you've had a problem with it in the past. Yep. And someone in your office or your boss says, oh, why aren't you drinking? And then you've got to go, because I don't want to, or I don't, you know, you either lie about it or you, you don't want to say to your co-workers that you've had an issue with it. So it's real tricky. Yeah. I, actually, you know what? I just jogged my memory because I remember when, when I stopped using the packet way back and, uh, you know, my core friends, they were very supportive and they understood and they were there for me. But, you know, like anything, you have friends on the periphery. You know, and I used to go to the pub and even though I didn't drink, I went to the pub. Alcohol was never my thing. I've always said that. But, mm -hmm. you know, I was like Pablo. Yeah. Um, and this guy that fitted my kitchen, you know, kind of a, call him a friend on the outskirt. Nice guy. I'd already told him, like, you know, oh, do you want a line? No, 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 mate. I don't want a line. Do you want a line? No, no, I don't want a line. And in the end, I walked away and he comes up to me and goes, I left one in the toilet for you. Yeah. So I've gone into the toilet and I've gone in and I've seen this sitting there and I've gone, <sighs> I've blown it away. Yeah. And I've come back out. He's gone, oh, good gear. And I went, yeah, fucking cracking. Because I couldn't even be bothered to tell him. Even more. 
Yeah. yeah. That's pressure, right? Yeah, but what a weird society we live in where it's abnormal not to sniff drugs. It's yeah. actually more abnormal not to drink. And um, I think people have got to take that into consideration. It's lonely being sober, man. Yeah. Now, I'm feeling it at the moment. I really am. One of my friends just just shot off to Amsterdam because, you know, he's broke up with his missus and he's like, I'm off to Amsterdam. I'm just going away, man. Wars and cannabis. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it certainly ain't the museums, mate. But, um, and I couldn't help, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. But I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't help but think, shit, cancel that flight. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't help but think, Fucking hell, I want I want to get smashed up. I still got it in really? me. Yeah, I still got it in really? me. I fought it for a split second and then I went, no. Mate, what do you think you'd get from that though? Well, no, I know that and I think that instantly. But what I mean is, is that there's, uh, my in regards to my circle, like there's still a very small or maybe minimal, well, not even in my close circle, there's no one sober. Right. There's no one else so yep. far. Yep. So I'm more or less cut out of yeah. everything. And the Christmas period highlights that for me, you know. But saying that, I, I get a little, I have like a moment where I'm like, oh. It's counterbalanced though, right? Yeah, because then I think about, well, look, my like last Christmas, Shelley didn't want to be with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we were, we were, we were, you know, we were fucking, you know, it was over. And, and, and you know, I couldn't see, I potentially couldn't see my kids. Now I've got a bun in the oven. And she's at home at the moment putting Christmas decorations up, singing and dancing to Christmas music, happy, you know. Um, and obviously in that time she shagged me at some point. So, so what Three I'm, times? Yeah, that's the third time, mate. Every time I hit the fucking ping. Um, she be a footballer. Yeah, but so it swings and roundabouts. But, you know, you've got to just have the perspective. It can be lonely for... Yeah, because you're used to going to out with the boys, for example, going to the yeah. man cave, sitting there, yeah. you know, fucking having a few drinks, doing a few lines, chatting, yeah, chatting shit, shit. Yeah, getting yeah. up at seven o'clock in the morning. And you think it's good. And then you suddenly remember, yeah, but the next day I'm fucking hanging and the day after and the day after. Yeah, yeah. But there's a part of you that still misses it. Yeah, I can't... Because you feel on the outskirts. Yeah, I think, I think it's... I think it's... Um, it's it, it, you know, you mourn an old life. As long as you can look at the reality of it, as long as you can go, yeah, but, you know, there was times where I actually wanted to commit suicide. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There was there was time, it was destroying my family. But we can't, we still can't knock that there was a period where it was fun. You yeah. know what I mean? It's difficult, it's difficult. Yeah, it is. I mean, talking about commit suicide, um, wow, you just jogged a memory for me. I remember my 21st birthday, I don't know if I ever told you this, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. It's my mm. 21st birthday. You know, when you're 21, you expect to be out with everybody, you know, it's partying, having a good time. But on the 21st birthday, I was living in Los Angeles and I was in my apartment on my own and I was quite a big lump at that time. I was about 19 stone at like 5% body fat training seriously. And uh, I'd had a shoulder injury and I was on a lot yeah. of painkillers and I suddenly felt I've been fucking using gear. You know, I feel down. Nobody fucking loves me. You know, you feel... You're on your own. You're yeah. on your own, right? So what do I do? I start taking these painkillers, start knocking the painkillers back. And uh, I don't really remember much after that, but this is what happened. Uh, apparently there was a knock on my door in my apartment and I opened the door and collapsed and it was a pizza being delivered. It wasn't even for my apartment. It was like somebody's looking out for you, right, whether you believe in whatever. Wow. And uh, I woke up handcuffed wow. to the hospital bed in Cedar Sinai Hospital each side. I was handcuffed both hands, charcoal all down my front of me of what they had on me where they had pumped my stomach and I was handcuffed each side and I kind of woke up and, you know, there's a nurse there and it's like you've taken an overdose and, you know... I meant it obviously because I wasn't a call. I wasn't calling someone to come and help me. This is what happened, 
And, and here's something that's always stuck in my head from that moment, right? So there I am, about 19 stone, right? Big, big fucking lump. You know, I was competing at the time. And I needed a wee badly, right? So I said to the nurse, can you, can you unhandcuff one of my hands? Because they were handcuffed to each side of the bed. And they must have looked and thought, there's this fucking big English guy on the bed who's trying to kill himself, like trying to commit suicide. Like, whoa, no way we're going to do that. And I'm like 21, and I'm like, I really need a wee. And she's like, no, I'll hold it for you. So she's got this, you know, the, 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 the container that they use. And I don't know why, because it's, it's a weird thing, but it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. And yeah. at that moment in time, I went, I'm never, ever going to let something externally affect yeah. me internally to the point where I yeah. don't want to be here. You were yeah. completely emasculated, broken. T totally. Yeah. Totally. That's yeah. so sad. But what a divine intervention that happened there. Yeah, a fucking pizza guy knocking on the wrong fucking door saved your life. So, so something somewhere, mm. whatever, you know, I, I'm not a believer, but something somewhere has, you know, said, you know, we've got a use for, oh, we've got a use for him. We've yeah. Got use for him. Yeah. Listen, it's Christmas edition, and uh, this brings me on to something special. Let's cheer. Let's cheer it up a little bit. Yes. Woo! Yes. Yes. So I bought you a present. I bought you a Christmas present. Ah, I hope it's a box of cocaine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Be careful. Okay. Be careful. Oh, for those of you that uh, are listening, it's a bit. I'm going to describe it. It's a. It's a big red dildo. No, it's a big red. Uh, can I have them scissors, please? Yeah. Um, can I have them scissors? Or, or can we? Or where are they? Let's have. Cheers. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Don't, don't throw scissors. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Whatever. Oh. 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 What is this? A oh. Now let a crystal you know ball. Now do you know why I got you a crystal ball? What right? the fuck? This is mental. Wait. Can wait. 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 Let me tell you something. Why I've got you a crystal ball, right? Because I'm a great believer that you create your own future, right? And you know, there's that saying that people go, "Oh, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going on." I want you to look in that crystal ball and I want you to see your future three years from now, Dan, and tell me clean, sober, with three beautiful children and a happy wife, what life looks like. It's, oh, mate, you're going to make me cry. Come oh, on, tell wife. me. Oh, it looks happy, man. I look happy and proud. Yeah? You're making me well up, man. And they're all smiling, all the children? Yeah. And your missus? All I can see is my nose at the moment, but I mean... <laughs> and listen, yeah. tell me what your missus is saying three years from now that you're four years clean, right? Yeah. And she's proud of you. What is, what's she going to be saying to you in that crystal ball? Uh, thank you for keeping it together for the family. Um... Uh, let's have another baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's time for your fourth shag. No, uh, no she's telling me that she, she's, she's, you know, we've got a whole family together and she's telling me she's happy. Thank you. Listen, yeah, mate. Ba Thank back, you, you're mate. back on your tour. You're yeah. back in the fucking social media where you should be. You're right. a diamond. You've got another baby on the way. That's your future. Anytime you feel a little bit down or anytime you doubt yourself, Dan, I want you to look into that crystal ball and go, I make my own fucking future. What am I going to say? That's why I got it for you. That's fucking powerful, mate. That's your crystal ball that you make your future. I'm gonna look at that, man. Then that's fucking. I couldn't afford the stand. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, mate. Thank I actually you. didn't realise it didn't come with a stand until I bought it. <laughs> what? It's so crazy. What made you think that of that? Because I just thought, you know, listen. I know what you've been through, right? I know what, what happened. I know everything. I know your journey. I'm proud of you. Oh, and to have a crystal ball, when people go, well, I ain't got a crystal ball. I don't know what's going on. You've got a crystal ball now. So when somebody says, I can't look into the future, I ain't got a crystal ball, you can go, I've got a fucking crystal ball. I can see my future and I make my future. 
Wow, thank you very much. Thank you. Most thank welcome. you. Oh, fucking, if I knew we was doing presents, mate, I would have got brought some. I haven't got nothing for you. <laughs> you got a wallet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a gold card, American yeah, I have got one of them in there, actually. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. You're most welcome. And life wouldn't be right without bringing something for the girls. So you can open that. That's for the girls. Oh, okay, for the kids. Oh. oh, this is for the girls. Oh, this one. I'm getting it wrong. I forgot oh. what was in there. Oh, let me have a look myself. Again, for the oh, for no, the no, listeners no. out there, this is a green bag. Still no cocaine. No cocaine. Uh, oh, yeah, they'll love that. Yeah, they that's love what that. I thought. Yeah. Gold there is the two gold. bags in there, yeah, but well, they the, are bags of gold coins. I didn't think the uh, third one would be ready. No. <laughs> and uh, a little sign for the family quality. there. That's quality. Oh, brilliant. And, oh, don't worry, I bought a bag for you to carry it all Okay, brilliant, yes. Think of everything. Oh, this is great, guys. Oh, my God. It's like Secret Santa. Um, let's have a little look. What's this one? Another bag. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Oh, because I know you. Packs of hobnobs. Because I know you. For my addi- See, you're meant to cure people of their addictions, I not have, fuel but, them. But you know what? It's interesting you say that, right? Because let's oh, think about that. Biscuits. What would you rather have? Look at that. Oh, yes. Oh, my missus will like them. Yeah, I thought she would. We are happy. Thank you. You're most welcome. Uh, you know what? <clears throat> the crystal ball. I just thought it was a powerful thing yeah. to do. Yeah, that is, man. But you know what? Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without a quiz. Oh, okay. You All right. Oh, fuck it. Oh, mate, I think we need... we got to do more of these together, John. Mm. I mean... Can I join in the quiz? Yeah, man. Join in, John. All right, right listen. Here we go. <clears throat> I want you to name as many movies that glorify or about the packet. Go. Scarface. Scarface. Uh, Blow. Hangover. Um, fuck. Uh, Come on! Rise of the uh, Foot Soldier. Charlie yeah. Sheen's videography. What? Uh, no, What's I made that one up. Uh, Don't mention anything that, you know... <laughs> come on, come on. Guys out there, guys uh, out there. Blow. The right, blow. Write it in the comments section now. Yeah, right come in on, the in the comments section. Uh, we want to know... Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf, Wolf of Wolf Street. Wall Street. That's big a good one. Big one. Um, uh, the gu- business. The, oh, well done, the business. Are yeah. you looking? No, no, no. <laughs> come on, what you got? What you got? All right, right. No, no, come on. you got to get another one. Give me one more, one more. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> nah, the producers were probably off their nut. Um, no, I don't know. All right, so let, let me run through what I got. I had Blow. Yes. And by the way, I did. I had to Google these. I didn't know them off my own head. Oh, I knew right. a few like you. Blow, I got that one. Yeah. Scarface. Yep. Goodfellas. Yep. Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. Carlito's Way. Great film. Flight. Do you remember that pilot? Oh, brilliant, oh, brilliant. True story. Uh, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. He owned up at the end. I love that film. That's a great film, was it? He landed that plane. Was it upside down? Yeah, and he was off was. his nut. Off his nut. Yeah. And, and then, oh, do you know what I like about the film? Not that we're glorifying this, but there is one thing I like about the film. He has this guy come in. I can't remember who the, who the, who the actor is. And, and he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you round. And he... he Gives him the spliff and then he gives him a line and then it's a shot of drink and yeah. before he goes in. Yeah, like, like his medic. It's yeah, like his medic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it glorifies it, right? Hang on, let me finish. America Made. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. Brilliant film. Boogie Nights. Oh, Dirk Dingler. Great film. God, he knows all the actors. Yeah. The Business. Yep. Layer Cake. Great film. Driven. Yep. And all those isn't really one, but I put it in. Cocaine Bear. Mm. Uh, I've never seen that probably best not to yeah yeah yeah. but you know just think about how many and here's the funny thing and this is why I wanted to bring up this in quiz you don't see people in movies doing a line 
and being the bit and then and then having a bad time you always see the like the the yeah. hero the the superhero of the movie not the superhero but the, the 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 hero of the movie is in the toilet doing a line and then getting the bird yeah you're right why is that yeah you're right i mean i don't know because it's just people's perception it's glamorous isn't it i mean it's, we're on this case me and john have written a film about about uh, cocaine use and, okay. and everything so that show that that's a bit more real you know shows the, the mental health aspects and stuff like that but it's glorified, just like alcohol's been glorified for years. And I tell you what, Wolf of Wall Street. I watched. I watched Wolf of Wall Street um, with. I can't remember who. I went to the cinema with someone that doesn't drink and do drugs, and I could not wait to watch it again while doing drugs. Really? Yeah. So I went back and watched it with a packet of gear. I don't know, <laughs> I've never ever been able to watch something while doing gear. I remember my best friend is not. Not even porn. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Who can't? Yeah, 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 go on. Come on. Yeah. You know, although you spend about an hour trying to find the one you want to Mate, watch and then three you, minutes watching it. Yeah, for you complete. you end up completing fucking porn up, didn't I you? Came, I um, came to a conclusion the other day. Porn is great. Tea is great. But you can't watch porn and drink tea at the same time. It's just too unsavory. The combination does not work. It's just a... It's a, it's a carry on. Yeah. That's uh, fucking... Well, <laughs> where'd that come yeah, from? You are in the wrong podcast, mate. Mate, I'm a therapist and I'm a psychologist and I think you need I think we need to help. help. <laughs> <laughs> tell us that you... could be right. Tell I, us I've you're got... upper class without telling us you're upper class. <laughs> yeah. You used to sniff gear with porn. This guy over here is having a chai latte El- while wanking himself El- silly. Um, yeah, but, but I remember one night sitting at a mate's house racking it up and and, a, and the film we put a film on um, DVD yeah. I think it might have been a video back in the day mm. on that fucking old and, and the next thing I know the credits are coming up I, I don't remember anything about the film I've never been able to concentrate mm. and watch a movie while we're doing gear yeah people want to talk don't they yeah, yeah I, I want to talk and then, and then when it got to that that place in the end where it's on your own it was like not only do you the lights became bright. You know, everything's too bright. You're so sensitive to sound. It's like you've got the TV on number yeah. two and even that's too loud. And then you turn it down to zero and you can't hear it. You turn it back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But going back to the quiz, mate, yeah, it is crazy how how how, how glorified it is. And um, I think, though, that might be a, a, a sign of the times, you know, a lot of them films. So. Uh, yeah, and plus, look, you've got, to have a, you've got to have a true representation of, you know, the, the glamorous life of selling drugs. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's true. Well, that's not a true representation, but I mean, in those films you know that you know but yeah. so, so much music as well um, that kind of glorifies it like a lot of like the classic rock and like hip hop and stuff it's yeah. all very kind of drug centric White Lines remember yeah. That, yeah. That, that song Cocaine as well another one is that Clapton I remember that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you're right but, but they don't show in those movies they don't the come down the that's fucking what they pain show. the depression you don't the ever see the falling, person yeah. hanging for three days yeah and the family falling apart and all that yeah, yeah definitely definitely what else have I got here mm, oh, Christmas special I'll tell you what this is like a TV show I love this so okay. uh, so so come on Here, here's one for you for, yeah. for for the listeners what advice would you give to somebody who has recently stopped drinking or stopped using the packet or stopped using both um, over the christmas period to avoid temptation yeah but not to have no enjoyment of life i think that um try and discover yourself man that's the the the, the truth to sobriety the key to sobriety is trying to discover who you really are not who you are with drugs you know so embrace that embrace that process and always clutch onto little sayings that seem to help me And, and one of them is 
you know, it's, it's served me well is like, you know, don't feel like you're missing out. Feel like you're free from it. And just experience Christmas sober. You know, yeah. look at it like I'm going to experience all of this sober, which, definitely, which, you know, I can't remember doing, I can't remember experiencing Christmas sober, you know, from, since I was a kid. I mean, as soon as I could drink, I was drinking. So, and another big thing that I, I like to keep in my mind is that you run the risk of ruining great occasions if you've got a problem with drinking drugs you know if you can't stop yeah definitely and I've ruined so many Christmases I, re- I have I mean not not in the not in a sense of like kicking off and being horrible just not being present yeah, just not being there. just being a mess yeah you know so fucking enjoy it sober and just be sober and just embrace sobriety do you still drink alcohol free beer uh, I'd, I occasionally have the um, Heineken Zeros because Heineken tastes like piss anyway, so the Zero tastes quite close to it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, but to be honest with you, since I went sober, I've, my appetite for beer has gone. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Well, because also I've spent so much time losing weight that when I start feeling a bit bloated, it really affects. Like uh-huh. I'm like, you know, the gassy feeling. And that's a lifestyle change. Yeah. Look at where you were to where you are. Mm. But imagine where you're going to be. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. And, you know, I had a client in the other day and, and he was talking about, you know, I'm not, how am I going to deal with Christmas, etc. And he said to me, you know, Christmas Eve for me and my missus is always about, about getting on it. Mm. And we get to sleep at five, six in the morning if we even get to sleep. And then seven o'clock in the morning, the kids are awake. It's horrible, their presents. It? Horrible. I mean, what's that about? Oh, where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's horrible. But but I can completely understand how that's the norm, you know. And but that is that that's the idea of a good time, you know. Me and I have beautiful moments now where I'm kind of like it feels surreal. Do you know what I mean? In yeah. the morning when the kids all jump on the bed and I'm lying there and you know I'm not aggy. You know what I mean? And I have yeah. these beautiful moments Fresh. That, that I know just aren't possible without sobriety. And um, you know we because I got young daughters uh, Christmas Eve we. Come on, let's go and leave the carrot out and let's leave the stuff out oh, for the I reindeer. Them yeah, and it's so beautiful when we do all that. But I used to take talcum powder and Willington boots where the five of Christmas. Are. Yeah, we do all of that. Yeah, and, that. and leave the milk out for them. Yeah. And then when they go up to bed, and you've got to have a bite of it. Have a bite of the cookie. You can't do that when you're off your nut. You have a bite of that. Drink the cookie and then sniff the fake snow. No, <laughs> no. But yeah, you do all of that. But I can remember years ago um, doing that with a beer in my hand and kind of being a bit like. I'm going out. I'm meant to be going yeah. out. Come on. Yeah. Like, you know, because for me, Christmas Eve was always the big piss up. It and was, getting back at what time? F- fuck knows. You know, and being a wreck. But now doing it, I'm doing it and I'm like looking at their faces and. You're taking it all in. Taking it all in. So for anyone that's struggling, be proud of your sobriety, man. Yeah. Be proud of it. Yeah, I agree with you. Because actually, it's a gift that a lot of people that are struggling don't have yet yeah you know? I, I agree there is one thing that I want to say as a tip yeah. people talk about if you're going out with say you are going to go out with people who are going drinking and you're now sober and you're mm. not drinking mm. right people talk about you being the designated driver I don't agree with that what I think is you should drive yourself separately if you're deciding to go into that environment don't be the designated driver because then you've got to wait for every fucker who's drunk yeah. or off their nut to come home yeah. whereas if you decide to drive yourself you can chip whenever you want you can be yeah. there half an hour an hour so what I would say as a tip is if you're going to put yourself in that environment if you do feel strong 
strong enough to do that, then don't be the designated driver and don't go with everybody else. Make your own way there and then you can exit when you want. Yeah, that's good. Good advice. Good advice. Be a bit selfish, man. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's what it's about. Ooh, let's have a look here. All very interesting conversations. John, anything you want to chip in there about fucking chai lattes and masturbating while drinking coffee or whatever? It's actually Earl Grey, Dan. I think he'll oh, name my favourite porn star as well. And, uh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> what? What was that? I missed that. <laughs> He's good. I have to watch the episode and find out. <laughs> He's good. Really? Yeah, he's actually a comedian. A lot of people don't realise this. Yeah, I know. Especially on stage. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually on his Instagram, to be fair. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I follow you. Oh, cool. I actually laughed the other day. Uh, was, Was it a clip? Yeah, it was a clip. Oh, nice. He runs my comedy club. Yeah, I love him there. The audience, not so much. <laughs> Listen, here's a very interesting fact. 84% of students have drunk to the excessive level of a blackout not knowing who they were. Mm. I mean, that's fucking scary. That's fucking... 84% of students. Mate... I, I look back on I worked in Cyprus uh, when I first went away I went away to do like holiday uh, um, Were you a rep? Ho- ho- no no hotel entertainment so I was with like a um, I was with like an entertainment group and we learned like musicals and then we I done game shows and comedy and all that in the in the hotels okay and I, it's like blind drunk right I, and this was back when I was 2021 20, I would get absolutely blind drunk every night for f- months and months and months and I mean like there's pictures of me asleep on nightclub floors, like passed out on nightclub floors. And everyone thought it was fucking hilarious and brilliant. And I'd get carried home and then I'd wake up and do it all over again. But at no point in that environment did anyone think maybe I had an issue. Yeah. It's funny, I don't know if they still got them. You just triggered today. Do they still have those 18 to 30 holidays? Yeah, I don't know if they still do, but... But that was that was all about going, getting blind drunk and shagging. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate. Oh, look, listen, we yeah, it's crazy looking back on it now because I know what I know and what I've been through, but they were good times, you know. Kids do that and, yeah. and some, some kids snap out of it and get on with normal life. Some kids don't and continue doing that until they've got families and fucking work, don't they? they it's do. dangerous, isn't it? It's dangerous because, listen, I think you have to experience things in life. Mm. To, um, there's an expression. You have to go through what you don't want to know what you do want to some degree. Yeah. Right? But some people don't learn from that experience. And I think that's what's dangerous. Yeah. I think some people then can't get out of the situation they're in or they don't know how to get out of the situation mm. they're in. Yeah. Or they find themselves with other people and therefore they think it's acceptable and it's the way. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right, man. That's, that's so true. And also... If you if you've got problems, psychological problems, or you come from a traumatic background, yeah, um, or you have dopamine deficiency, or yep. ADHD, or any sort of mental health problems, or like I said, you come from a traumatic childhood, and then you're suddenly thrust into the club eighteen thirties and get yeah. pissed up with your friends, you're more susceptible to addiction, aren't you? A hundred percent. And and when you said about dopamine deficit, that's an interesting thing because. The longer you use the packet, and I'm talking about that specifically here, the longer you use the packet, right, the more you rely on the packet to create your dopamine level, which means when you then do stop, you do have a dopamine deficit. Mm. And that's why a lot of people look to go, life's boring. What am I going to do? Climb a mountain. <laughs> you could do that. No, but that's why, I think. Yeah, and that, yeah you know, I agree. Yeah, I think that's what it fucking happened to me. I ran a marathon, then yeah. I cl- a half a marathon, then I climbed a mountain, then I started doing cold water dips, then I was fucking bang on the hobnobs, the chocolate. 
It's because you're fucking craving dopamine. You are right? craving dopamine. You are craving dopamine because that's what you've known. And your body is craving a high level of dopamine. And how dopamine affects you is it's not just the level of dopamine of a substance that, that, that affects you. It's how quick that dopamine gets into your system. Mm. So there's a speed reaction to dopamine. So mm. like cocaine. Bang. So, or instantly. Yeah, bang, loads instantly. of it. Exactly. Mm. Whereas something else is a, a gradual rise of dopamine. And I, I'm a real strong believer that that's where mental resilience comes into it. And I think that um, the way that people should, I, I mean, you're, you know more about this than me, but my thinking, my thinking is I'm used to getting instant gratification, right? That's the world we live in. Yeah, instant gratification. And especially with drugs, drink, whatever, my social media. So I've been training myself. I mean, you, you, you know all about this through working on your body. It's fucking sh- hardcore work for long-term results. You have to wait a long time oh, for the definitely, results. Definitely. And there's a lot of power that comes with that, a lot of um, mental resilience that comes with that. Yeah. And I think that's the key to the sobriety, you know, I, working on your mental resilience. I agree. Yeah, it's something that I say about going to the gym or, or any form of activity or exercise is I think that people don't realise it's adaptable. You adapt that to other areas of your life. You know, mm. listen, if you go in and get up at five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, whatever suits your day, right, and you go in and you're in the gym and you're sparring and you're training mm. and you're running or whether you're in the weight gym because you want to be stronger and you're doing more and more exercise and more and more sets, that resilience that you call it, that inner strength, you can learn how to apply that to other areas of your life. And I think I think one of the, the fundamental flaws is schools should teach this. Yeah. Because they teach all sorts of shit that you're never going to use later on in life. But what they don't teach you is to how to deal with discomfort in your life mm. in terms of not instant gratification. Yeah, I think we... Um I think we uh, confuse pleasure with happiness. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, because pleasure, you know what I mean? That's, you're like, oh, tough week, man. I'm going to sniff some gear and watch some porn. And, yep. You know, get a couple of, get a buck. John, stop nodding your head. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? See, John don't know. He's he's like, mm, yeah, throwing a cup of tea and we're on. <laughs> but, um, Chocolate. I, <laughs> but I think that's what it is, you know. Like, for me, I know that happiness now, it, it's not everything. It's contentment do you know what I mean it's like striving for happiness is too far for me now yeah. like being content with what I've got or just being content is enough because what I know of like what a living standard for me what I knew was worry anxiety depression and fucking overthinking that was my life because you were worrying is about looking into the future and predicting what might go wrong mm. not on what might go right exactly and 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 so my, that's the way I lived so when when I became sober, once I'd got over a lot of the stuff I'd done wrong and done a bit of work and started working on my triggers and everything like that, and everything started settling down into normal life again, my baseline was just kind of like contentment. Like, yep. it's all right, man. Yeah. And that is enough for me now. Living in the present. Living in the present, not needing a fucking buzz to stop my thinking, just being at one with my thinking. Yeah. It's strange. You know, you know, think about it. it. When you go back in time, right, you know, when we think about alcohol and we think about the packet and other substances. If you go back, so listen, if we had no ovens, right? If we didn't have supermarkets, Mm. if we didn't have microwaves, right? Mm. If we didn't have running water, imagine your priority would be going to find an animal, right? Or go and find some carrots if you're a vegetarian, right? You're gonna go and find food. Then you're gonna find water. Then you're gonna build a fire, right? By the time you're dealing with what you need to do, 
You don't have the time to pleasure. Back and th- exactly. Yeah. But the problem is everything is at the tip of our hand. Yeah. Everyone is like, you press a button, it gets whatever you want. You, you, you haven't got any food in the fridge, you get on Deliveroo, you know, just yeah. eat, it's there. Yeah. It, and everything's I, instant. Yeah, and I think that that is just such an interesting conversation because I think that that is the reason for anxiety because... If you imagine what we're like as animals, if you put us in like, in a, in a, if you think of us as animals, right? What animal would you be? <clears throat> Fucking, I'd be a sexy tiger, baby. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to think of myself as a bear. You'd be a bear. I'd yeah. be a tiger. John would be a fucking, I don't know, koala or something. I'd be a koala. Yeah. tightly all day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just holding on to the tree, looking down, on, looking down on us. <laughs> licking them leaves. Licking them leaves. Cocoa leaves. I don't know, actually. What would he be? A meerkat. I could be <laughs> a meerkat-esque. I don't know. I feel... I feel quite lab- labradorial. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you look like the sort of animal that would sniff someone's ass to say hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be honest. Oh, it turns out we've not been recording this whole episode. Oh, yeah, all right, mate. Actually, I think they need to sniff a few asses before they choose. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? I took um, you off track. Sorry, sorry, mate. Yeah, no, I think that, like, the way I always think about this, and I think, like, how we're designed in relation to uh, the environment that we're in, right? So, what we're, like what you were talking about we're designed to hunt our food yeah right so if you imagine what happens to us chemically and in our brain right when we get hungry and that you know our body gets ready to be like to to fucking find stuff you know and whether or not that that's just down to like food like on a psychological level it's like chasing something you need in order to be feeling alive you need to be pursuing something like chasing something right now Normally, as animals, if we were animals, we would exert a lot of fucking energy chasing something, hunting something and stuff like that. And then we'd eat now. Or if we were getting chased by something, if something was attacking yep. us, right, the anxiety would come and we'd exert energy and fucking adrenaline and we would burn off a lot of the, like the thinking, the overthinking. You'd run, you'd do whatever. And all of that anxiety from being being hunted or trying to hunt would, would get burnt off through exercise. Yep. Right. So. Now that we don't have the animals hunting us or we don't have to hunt, we have our phone and what the attacking is coming is in the form of fucking negative news, fucking social media or problems, problems with your partner, problems, money problems, you know, fucking mortgage rates going up. We feel in attacked. But we have no way, if you're not exercising, and you certainly don't exercise every time something gets you down on your phone. I agree. You've got no way of um, dispersing the fucking anxiety. So so I feel like that's why we live in a constant, because there's so much more stuff attacking us. And we we don't have the, the, the way, and the way that we try and burn it off normally is with give us pleasure yeah I agree as a psychologist I would say this right that what, what, what you're describing is what we call fight or flight right mm. so imagine that we're in the jungle and a, a lion is coming towards us right what we want to do is to produce more oxygen so we're breathing more heavily to fuel our red blood cells to fuel our muscles to either flee yeah. to run away or to fight to protect ourselves right mm. and that fight or flight syndrome is what you're talking about but we live in a society where there is nothing to fight and we can't can't run away from things so that anxiety begins to elevate and elevate and has no way of dispersing yeah that's and that's I'm, what they're looking for that's what i'm talking about yeah. that's exactly what i'm talking about i mean you know when i had my boxing match the other day it was i was like the fight and flight was running through my veins yeah. all day yeah you know and um 
luckily I've done a lot of work on my mindset so I was, I was working and I, and I think that's where um, that's where especially through sobriety it was so tricky for me because suddenly I, 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 like I'd never sat with my feelings before you know what I mean really 100% I'd never I mean I tried counselling before but sober because my, my counsellor told me to go sober that was the first time I'd gone sober but yep. I'd uh, what I realised is as a young man growing up <clears throat> if I was angry um, or upset about stuff it would come out in my behaviour do you know what I mean um, and if I was upset or emotional or things were getting me down I'd drink and use drugs I yeah. always did <laughs> I always did and I knew I and I kind of knew I did as well I'd be like oh man fuck this fuck them fuck whatever's going on I'm going to drink and I'm going to do and that was my it was my go to and then once I was obliterated I no longer cared and then the, and then also actually the hangover and the come down was something else for me to focus on rather than the problem yeah. I'd get through the hangover and come down and then feeling good after the hangover and come down is what I thought was feeling good when it was just slipping into normality and then, yeah, yeah. and then I'd give myself a tiny amount of time in normality and find another excuse to go back to oblivion so for me uh, sobriety I'm going off on one now but for me sobriety was suddenly sitting with them feelings and the fight and flight or the, yeah. the anger and the issues and sitting with them not being able to avoid them sort of getting through them letting them pass and not being scared of them you sit with your own thoughts. Yeah. It, it's know, hard to do that. It is hard to do that. If I'm driving a long distance on my own, I always drive in silence for that reason. Uh, and I talk to my friends about this and they go, well, you don't have any music on. I'm like, no, I drive in silence. It's a good time to think. Because that for me is my, I'm just processing. I'm just thinking about things. I love driving in silence if I'm on my own driving a long mm. distance because I'm sitting with my own thoughts. We avoid doing that, don't we? But I think people are scared of that. And I think people aren't used to doing that. Yeah, because they're scared what they're going to think about. Yeah, I think so. Um, had a client come and see me the other day, just going off on tangents, and I yeah. just want to ask you what you think. And they said to me something like, um, do you think that people have addictions because of the way they are brought up, trauma, or do you think people are born with a genetic predisposition to have an addiction? Mm. Which is a very interesting question, which is what people call nature or nurture. Yeah. Right? Are you born with it right mm. or are you growing up in an environment where your environment has an effect on your outcome of choosing or not choosing and becoming addicted i personally think that some people are born more susceptible through their biology yeah um more susceptible to addiction and then their environment um their environment will encourage it you know what, when you say born to that, here's a fact, right? 60% of people whose parents were addicted to mm. either alcohol or the mm. packet, mm. even if they're brought up away from their parents in a, in a children's home, for yeah. example, are more likely to become addicted to a substance. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's Even genetic. if they don't know their parents. Yeah, I definitely think it's genetic. I definitely think that some people are more susceptible to addiction to others, and I think that it works like this. So some people will be more susceptible to it. You put them in the wrong environment, it's a, it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. Right. But alcohol and drugs cause addiction as well. So if you abuse them, yeah. you will become addicted. Okay. But some people are more susceptible for it. So essentially your environment can create addicts. Yes. Um, but I do believe that some of us are more susceptible to it. I think everybody can become an addict. I mean, you uh, try, We are all addicts. Yeah, well, we I, I are. I think anyway. we are all addicts. Yeah. We're addicts either social media, yeah. we're addicts by Sex, gamb Yeah, absolutely. Food, we're all addicts. Food. TV. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. take a phone away from someone for Mate, a month. Try telling me to stop being funny. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? But um, no, it is a really interesting thing. And I think that um, there's a lot of shame around it. Like, because there's not, there isn't a lot of understanding around it. I mean, even even people around me that, you know, I, I, I can tell now after a year of sobriety that I'm coming across to some people as a little bit pushy. Preacher. Preachy. Preacher. I am. Listen, I get, I'm sure you get this, but I get people on my social media going, give it a rest, mate, give it a rest. There's nothing you know? wrong with a couple of packets yeah. a week. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Fucking, I don't do it around my kids anymore because they're gone. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't take the piss, but. <laughs> like, yeah. I get the same thing. No, I know. And I know. and I, I, I very much, you know, I I, pfft, I I have to pick my, I have to pick the way that I handle things online very, very carefully because, you know, I have sympathy for people because yeah. I've been through it, but also I like to be real. Yeah, I, I'm real. I've, I've got a very short answer for, the, which I use a lot. And I put, because they're like, oh, I'm just going to have a blast this weekend. I'm just going to get free for 100 because it's Friday. I go, said every addict once. Said mm. every addict once. Because no addict thought mm. they would be where they are now at the beginning. Mm. And that's yeah. the honest answer. Yeah. Just go back to nature and nurture, right? Because I wanted to pick up on something. Mm. So, so you get somebody, right, who's had everything given to them. Mm. You know, a privileged life, privileged schools, money, going into the family business, and they still have an addiction. And you can have somebody who's had nothing and not have an addiction, or you can have somebody who had nothing, gone through trauma, brought up in a council mm. state, you know, had worked, they mm. grafted their fingernails and still have an addiction. Mm. So nature, nurture, I think it's a bit of both. Yeah, so do I. So do I. And um, I mean, and I think, yeah, I, like you said, we're all addicts. Some some of us are more susceptible to it. And I think that, that I think how drug, drink and drugs affects people is different. Like, I think that there's a different type of using, right? So for, for me, it was never about, oh, I'll just have a little bit and socialise. I always seek oblivion. Oh, yeah. All or nothing. Oh, yeah. I'm so, all in. And, and some people drink like that and some people don't. I mean, I've got a pa- pals of mine that I knock around with now and I go out with them and I look at them on the way home and I'm like, man, what was the point of coming out? Or go, what's the point of drinking if you guys are all still fucking normal on yeah. the way home? Yeah. You know, and, and I talk to them about it and they're like, nah, man, I just like a couple here, a couple there and I'm good. And I'm like, mate... What is that about? <laughs> yeah, what, what's that about? You know, it's funny you, you say that because um, about 2007, I had this concept for a board game that would teach psychology students how to write, revise for their degree. Hmm. And uh, I thought, this is a big project. I can't deal with it myself. And I phoned two professors I knew, and I said, listen, what do you think about this concept of this board game that helps these psychology students revise from their degree? And they said, it's a fucking great idea. So we started writing these 300 questions, which covered all of the aspects of their studying, right? Mm. And we did. We got the board game designed, leatherette. We had little brains that you move around the board. Mm-hmm. And we got really close to completion of the game. But I was doing seminars in Australia. They were doing different projects. And I've got a little place in Spain, just a little bolt hole, two-bedroom apart if anyone wants to come. Mm. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I said, listen, go out to my place in Spain. We'll spend three days together and we'll get this game completed and we'll get it to manufacture, right? So they agree. We go out there. We turn our phones off. And then on the first evening, I said, I like food, but I like quality food, right? Well, my Christmas present's coming. Um, I like mm. quality food. So I said, listen, there's a beautiful state restaurant not far from my place. Why don't we go there? And we go there. And one of the professors said, El, can I order a bottle of wine? And I was like, we can order what the fuck you like. Of course you can, right? They don't swear, I do. Mm. And uh, he orders a bottle of wine, and it was equivalent of around about 50 pounds. And I kept, th- and I was thinking to myself, I mean, I bit my lip, and I was thinking to myself, 50 quid for a bottle of wine. I mean, if I was to buy a bottle of wine for someone, 10, 12, 
13, 40, mm. but not 50 quid, right? Mm. Anyway, so he has this bottle of wine and they pour him a glass of wine and he takes this wine and he does this and he's looking at the light and the colour mm. and he takes it up and he takes a smell, he takes a small sip and he puts the glass down. Over the course of this evening of this meal, which went on for maybe two hours, mm. he only drank one glass of wine. Yeah. And he caught the bowl and he took it back to my apartment. And I think we were there three nights. And it took him all three nights to drink this one bottle of wine. And I was curious because, you know, I like to study human beings. Mm. And we're on the plane flying back and I said to him, listen, Professor, what were you doing with the wine? You know, how, could, how did you make it last so long? And he said, well, I took the wine and I looked at the color and the reflections of light on the surface and I took in the aroma and the bouquet and I took a sip of the wine and I put the glass down and I went, what you're telling me is you were taking enormous gratification from a small quantity of wine where most people want to drink wine for a different purpose. They just want to drink wine because they want to get obliterated. And what he showed me was there was a strategy to get enormous pleasure from a small quantity of wine. That's crazy. Yeah, how many people can do that? That is so interesting that I can, I understand the concept, you know, feeling it, smelling yeah. it, enjoying it. Um, and that's maybe because he is one of the rare people or the, or the people out there that like alcohol right the taste of alcohol okay. or or wine specifically or has an educated palate or has an educated palate how palette. did he get the educated palate yeah whereas uh, I, uh, maybe that that has got to do with environment that has got okay. to do with how he was brought up and where it, what his parents were like because yeah, maybe. because my, my 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 upbringing and my relationship with you know when I was at school when people were like can anyone get any booze at the weekend it wasn't so we could taste and smell it no it, I agree it was it, like we used to get bottles of cider and fucking smoke a cigarette and, and hold the cigarette smoking and d d twist around in circles while downing a bottle of cider so we got fucking dizzy head rushed from the smoke and a fucking smashed off the cider I mean that was as sort of much we used to take it in yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. that was my experience with it so for us I was growing up uh, linking alcohol with getting annihilated yeah so what a different strategy this guy yeah. has it's interesting, right? It's very interesting, and um, yeah, man. I'm not suggesting it, for but that would have drove me f mental. So I would, if as a sober person, I would have been like, just drink that fucking wine, <laughs> just neck the bottle, mate, because otherwise I'm gonna fucking drink that wine. That's like that, you know what I mean? That's like he was just drawing it out. Yeah, he would have been like, drink the wine. But what he was doing, he was just getting maximum pleasure. From yeah, I get, I get the idea of it. Yeah, and it's, it's like you can translate that to chocolate, right? Mm. You could, you can eat a whole bar, which is what I probably would do, or you could buy a really... My daughter, right, it was mm. my birthday a couple of weeks ago, and uh, my daughter bought me these chocolates, uh, fresh cream, handmade, called Leonardo's Chocolates. They've mm. got one in... Uh, Chelsea, uh, Knightsbridge, Kensington, Brighton. Yeah. Very exclusive chocolates. Fucking expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. They're about this big, right? About the size of a 50 pence piece. And they're about 30 quid for a box of like 20 chocolates in there, right? Well, that this is pissed a sort of, me off. Oh, yeah. mate. It was but they were beautiful, right? Mm. And it was the first time that I could take something of such a little quantity and, and enjoy it. And take pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Why can't we do... I can't do that when it comes to drugs. No, no, no. Right? No. I don't have that in me. No. But I, 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 don't, I do that with hobnobs now. Do you? How I, did you eat a I, I actually do. I, I, I used to have a pack of these in my bed. And in my bed? In my bedside drawer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, in my bedside drawer. And I'd easily eat half a packet of these at night. Yeah, I could do that. And one half... With a, if I had a cup, a cup of tea... 
dipping them, dipping oh, them. Man. Oh, mate, that's heaven, isn't oh, it? Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and you would just be dipping them in the yeah. tea. He'd be wanking over dipping them in the <laughs> yeah, tea. Exactly. Dan, do you want to take us through a mindful eating of a hobnob? What do you mean? Do you want to, like, open one and just take us through the... The experience? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe... It's kind of a personal experience. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say. But now... Would you like to share watching your uh, midget porn with us? <laughs> no one said <laughs> anything about midgets. Oh. I think there's some projection going on there. <laughs> Um, but no what I was going to say is but now I'd have one maybe two of these really in an evening you're getting there yeah but not just that it's just that like I'm overindulgence isn't my thing now like uh, how did you teach yourself to do that um, I, I feel like I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just. I needed hobnobs for ages. Yeah, but the, but somewhere inside of your brain, right? If we really took it apart yeah. and put it back together, right? There must be something inside of your brain that suddenly altered to make you realise mm. that you don't need, in your words, yeah. the same quantity you it's, used it, to. It's about. It, it, honestly, it all boils down to being happy with myself, like and being content and present. Like if you imagine lying on my bed with my kids playing there and my missus watching TV uh, after after getting up fucking 4.30 in the morning having a busy day doing yeah. everything I do you think that I'd be happy to just lie there and be like right I'm going to fall asleep but that was awkward for me it used to be awkward sitting downstairs watching TV I'd be like no I need something like, yeah. I either need to be drinking or going out yeah, or what's missing what's missing I need some chocolate or something and it, and it was it, 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 I think a lot of people relate to this it's um, thinking about doing something or having something or wanting something instead of having calmness in my brain and just being present and now I find myself just sitting there like cool man yeah. This is all right. Taking in the moment. Taking exactly that, taking in the moment. And I don't know how that's happened. I think that's from that's all, beautiful. all of this work that we've that I've been doing. Yeah. yeah. I think that I think there's a lot to be said for that. Because I think that you're opening up a, a platform to lots and lots and lots and thousands of people who are listening because they want help. They're mm. not, they haven't got help yet. They're looking for a glimmer of hope. Mm. They want to see somebody succeed where they want to follow and replicate. You're sharing stories that they can understand and relate to and having guests and go, yeah, that's me, that's me. That's not quite me, but that's me, that's me. That's mm. not, but, right? And I think in that same journey that you're sharing with others, you're benefiting yourself in a nice way yeah. by learning from other people, which is no different to what I do, you know. Mm. I work as a therapist for 28 years and, you know, I gain insight that is helpful for my own self-understanding when I see other clients. Yeah. Um, and I think you've moved on enormously if I think back to, I mean, listen, I remember that first podcast and you were kind of like... Oh, I was edgy. Yeah, right. really, you know, really. Sketchy. Yes, yeah. you know, and, and there's comments out there, like, I've seen some comments, you know, listen, you, there's always going to be some, Oh, he's still on the packet, mate. Yeah. Oh, fucking look at him moving about. Yeah. You're like, you know... Yeah. Well, I think I'm a different. Per uh, maybe I feel like a different person. Like I wasn't. You know, I've got. There's a lad um, that that's at, at my boxing, and uh, he kept dipping in and out of boxing. I won't name him, but he kept dipping in and out of boxing, and I knew he was really struggling. You know, he was on and off the sesh hard, and um, you know, he's he's in. I saw him this morning. He's like thirty something days, right. and I was looking at him, and I was like, fucking. Hell, I remember he was vibrating. Man. Yeah, he was just like. 
you know, like just like everything was going. He, it was just all too much. Everything was going through. He's thinking this, thinking that. And I sat him down afterwards, and I said to him, "Mate, how you feeling?" I was like, first of all, like just tap me up, you know, if if you're, you know, but it's going to be difficult, man. Think, dealing with yourself, you know, yeah. but have faith. It gets it gets easier. And I I I, I, dread, I, I, I might go back and watch that episode actually, and have a look I, to I, see how far I come. Uh, yeah, you you come a long way. Wow, a long way. I mean, massive respect. You know, it's funny because um, just reminded of a cigarette brand that was around in the 1940s called The Strand. And there was a radio commercial at the time saying, you're never alone with a strand. And I remember thinking to myself, that's like addiction, right? right. That's like addiction. You're never alone with a strand. You're never alone without the packet or without alcohol. But what's wrong alone. with being alone? Nothing wrong with yeah. it. But, and that's what it was portraying. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be on your own. Yeah. But, you, but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is, I know we're probably running running quite tight on time, but this is, um, this is, I think, the problem that this is, you know, a lot of people try and pin, you know, why are so many men committing suicide? Why are we losing? Why is, I mean, look, it's worse than anything else out there. You know what I mean? It is the biggest killer of men. Yeah. Um, you know, I think like 18 to 30, I'm not sure what the exact stats are, but like it's horrendous, you know, every day, every yeah. day. Well, well, I don't know what the stats are, but I did listen to something yesterday and it was talking about uh, antidepressant medication. It's just talking about America, so I don't know what it is for the UK. And it was talking about America and they said that um, 2022 antidepressants had a 61% increase uptake of usage mm. and they based this on the uh, the amount they sold they took the companies yeah. they sold 61% mm. increase on antidepressants that's the people that sought help that was probably pandemic and around that yeah, time 2020 it? no that was after the pandemic was it 2022 pandemic but yeah but like the lingering effect yeah the lingering yeah, yeah. effect yeah 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 well, I mean fucking you know I mean the, it's crazy I'm not saying that it was the, I'm not saying that the pandemic and the death of love ones and everything like that was difficult on women because it was but I mean from a financial perspective in households yep. a lot of that pressure la lays on men and I think that you know losing businesses losing fucking you know mortgage rates going up yep. fucking finding work you know um, but I personally think that the problem that we have as men is we don't know who we are. We we got we've got to be so many different people. I I personally was Dan the the the, the seshed with yeah. my pals like life and soul of the party. Dan the comedian. Dan the businessman. Yeah. I was Dan the father. I was Dan the partner. Um, I was Dan the entrepreneur. I was fucking Dan the person you could talk to. I was fucking aggressive, angry, fighting Dan. I was so many different Dans. Yeah. But as long as I was one of them Dans, I didn't fucking have to be. I didn't. Well, I never knew. Like who is the actual Dan? Yeah, like so many masks, so many masks, and um, whenever one of them was coming off, and I slightly had to fucking deal with something, the drink and drugs would fill in that gap for me. Yeah. Your escape, escape, yeah. And then you get to a point in life where you know you try and fucking handle life when when life comes at you in li on life's terms. You know you can't control life, and it comes at you, and things start going wrong. And um, if you don't know who you are. Yeah, how can you deal with things? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Who do you, who are you going to be when shit goes wrong? Are you going to be fucking this one, that one, this one, that one? And I think that men put so much pressure on themselves to be um, providers, protectors, and the society puts so much pressure on us to get the money, to to get the house, to get yeah. the car, to get the woman. Mm. Um, that anything below fucking success 
Yeah. Ain't enough. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna, I know we're running short, but yeah. I'm just going to say this because you mentioned the pandemic. Here's an interesting fact. If I look at my client base, there is no question in my mind that the pandemic had a massive impact on those who used the packet. Mm. In other words, they didn't start using it because of the pandemic, but when they were on lockdown and they couldn't go out. When they didn't have to work. They, when they didn't have to get up, so no structure, mm. their quantity and their frequency certainly mm. increased. And then when the pandemic was over, those people did not know how to go back to the way it was. Mm. So where they were using maybe once a week during the pandemic and that long period of time they're in lockdown, they ended up using two, three, four times a week. And I mm. see people who now consistently still use three, four, five plus times a week who didn't do that prior to the pandemic. Yeah. That's a lot to be said. Yeah, I think, yeah, you know, we can blame the government for that. I mean, it, 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 what a shit show, you know yeah. what I mean? And not just that, I knew... I, I personally know lads that had have young families that were, you know, had put all of their, say for instance, they put all of their money into say like a tattoo parlor, they're tattooists yeah. and they put all of their money into doing up a tattoo parlor, you know, getting the staff, getting the chairs, getting everything sorted in there, starting the Instagram page, fucking 30 grand that they've saved up for years. They start it, pandemic hits, the geezer that owns the place still wants his fucking rent, but they can't make no money. Next thing they've lost it, all the money they've put into it, the kit out, everything's gone, they've got no money but they were slowing down on their drugs and they were slowing down on their drinking in order to fucking get this thing off the ground yeah. and then went well fuck you yeah i'm getting off me nut yeah and haven't come back from that yeah, and, so. and if you spoke out against it they're like oh you just don't care about other people you're just trying to kill granny it's like fuck yeah. you yeah fuck you let us live our lives thanks fuck for piping yeah. up john sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no he's passionate about you're it. Still angry man. I, I can tell he's yeah. the one out there with the ballad yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what dan we we should we should pull a crack and we should we should everyone happy christmas yep let's do it Oh, wait, look at that winning. catch. Yeah, uh, one more joke then before oh, we, go. we go. One more joke before we go. Big shout out to John. You've helped us with today's podcast. And Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. One. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Dan. Got some mince pies for you, John. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Okay. To dip with your tea. A cup of tea and a bash. <laughs> and and then off out to kill a granny. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I can come. No, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> God's sake, Daniel. You're a bad influence. <laughs> oh, All right, my... John, cut that. Well, like, this is been my favourite podcast in ages I think we might do, are you up for discussing making this a regular thing yes, with me I definitely want to come Brilliant. back and be with you Dan also Brilliant. just an idea what if you guys watch some clips from the first episode and you can see how far you've come and oh, changed wow, I like that idea John John you up for that yeah producing like that, that. why did Pied Piper join social media he wanted more followers oh, oh that's oh, that relevant that's relevant Woo! I'll let you sign us out. Oh, well, listen, have a happy Christmas, everybody. And listen, remember, stay clean, stay focused, and enjoy your day. From Dan, myself, and many to sobriety, have a happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. And John, of course. Cup of tea and a wank. Yeah. Oh, yes. And don't forget, if you want to come and see me live and meet me, I'm going on tour. The Daniel O'Reilly Out of Character Full UK Tour kicks off in January 2024, and tickets are on sale right now. I'm going to try and get out and meet as many of you as possible. And of course, I'm going to be bringing the laughs all over the UK. There's 23 dates right now, and I'm adding more all the time. Hit the link in the bio and get your tickets now and come have some fun. If you're going through a tough time at the moment, please don't suffer in silence. Feel free to pick up the phone and contact any of these helplines. I personally, myself, at one of my darkest points, contacted the Samaritans and it completely changed my outlook and got me out of a really deep, dark place. A problem shared really is a problem halved. So if you don't feel confident talking to those around you, check out any of these organisations 
and give them a call. This is my Facebook group. Just simply search on Facebook, Men and Their Emotions. It's for men only, uh, but once you're in there, you can talk anonymously about your problems and help others and just feel a little bit of community. So come join the conversation, Men and Their Emotions, on Facebook. Thanks for watching. Menace of sobriety, just a menace.